Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined as always by Andrew Holly. Holly, first uh, losing Thursday of the season, uh, hopefully the last. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, we both figured it would be a loss. I mean, I, I, I think we, I think everyone would have, you know, if you're going to lose, at least look okay in the process. But, hey, I, I mean, a loss is a loss. It was going to happen. You know, I'd rather lose to the Chiefs than get shown up by the Browns like we did last year. So I guess there's that. Yeah, there is that. Um, I think there were some positives. Uh, we'll get into those. But uh, before we talk about the game against the Chiefs, want to give a huge congratulations to recently extended Marlon Humphrey. He is now the second highest paid corner in the league. He will be with the Ravens through 2026. It's always great when you get to extend your first round picks. Uh, but, you know, Marlon Humphrey is a, is a guy who certainly really deserves it. And, um, you know, can't, couldn't be happier for him and couldn't be happier for the franchise, to be honest, because he's a beast and it'll be great to have him around for a long time. And I mean, the, the other side of the coin, too, is just the the consistency we're going to be able to have in the secondary over the next few years with not only Humphrey sign, but also also Peters and Clark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the continuity is great. Um, you know, one of the, one of the Ravens major strengths this season was the continuity, but to have the continuity continuity on the back end is going to be awesome. You know, Humphrey really, to me, personifies what we have come to expect, uh, out of the Ravens defense, which is, you know, toughness, physicality, and it's in, in a position where you don't really expect that at, at the cornerback spot, but he really fits into that kind of mindset and, uh, you know, kind of since day one has contri has contributed, you know, obviously an all-pro player now, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just great to see when the high picks, well, you know, going back to the draft, he was kind of a surprise pick uh, by yeah, the Ravens. Absolutely. I don't think, I I don't think many say, people— I didn't want to take him. There mm -hmm. is, you know, one of the few first round picks I was kind of like, eh, I forget. I re I don't recall off the top of my head who the other corners were that I liked at the time. But I remember being surprised that that's who we went with. Um, yeah. Yeah. There were there were two other corners uh, on the board who, you know, some places had ranked ahead of Marlon Humphrey. That was Adoree Jackson who is with the Titans now. I think he was taken, you know, either the next pick or, the, or a couple picks after. And then uh, Tredavious White, uh, who went to the Bills in the 20s. Uh, you know, and there, there were other guys that, that people were interested in, like O.J. Howard. Um, I know that T.J. Watt went, you know, 14, 15 picks after that. But you see what he's become, too. Sure. Uh, he, he wasn't, you know, Marlon wasn't the consensus pick by anybody except, I guess, the Ravens front office. And, uh well, they were right. He, he's yeah, turned out and become a tremendous player. And, uh, you know. That, you, know, uh, it, you know, just to follow up on what you were saying, just about how he kind of personifies what the Ravens like out of defenders. I mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, especially as, as he's pro progressed after last season and into this season, you know, you're really seeing that maturity and that toughness and everything you were saying about him earlier – you know, and as you were talking about him, and I, I you know, I, I don't like to make you—you you never like to make too many comparisons to Hall of Fame type players. 
but I started to think like, okay, what are the, what are the big corners, big, tough corners? The first person that jumped out, and I don't know that this is the perfect comparison, but Charles Woodson mm. really stepped, jumped out. I mean, obviously Woodson had some of the return capability stuff that I'm not sure that, that Humphrey necessarily has that same dynamic uh, aspect to his play. But at the same time, all you think about the, the dominance that Woodson brought, especially to those Packers teams. Um, I, I mean, that to me is pretty much what, what Humphrey brings to that defense. Is that, is that off base? You know, I, you know, Charles Woodson's not the first guy that I thought of, but yeah, I, I think it's good. Just like the general impact that he makes, uh, you know, from 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 the secondary is, is an interesting is an interesting comp for sure. I just he, I just know that he's a linebacker playing corner. Yeah, like, just like he brings a level of aggressiveness in physical things like run support and you know blitzing and things like that that you know the the average corner doesn't do. Um, so he just has a different mindset going into it. You know, he's become extremely proficient at punching a ball out, you know, the fruit mm. punch as, as we've come to know. And, you know, he just makes things happen. So he's not just a, a shutdown corner that you don't throw at, you know, you know somebody, you know, I, I don't know if you remember the name Namdi Asamoa, you know, um, he was just, absolutely. you know, put him on, put him on the number one receiver and, you know, the quarterback just doesn't look that way. Uh, that's not what Marlon Humphrey does. You know, he'll give up a, a completion here and there, but he will make a play. You know, whether it, you know, we saw it in the Kansas City Chiefs game. We were just talking about how he came up into the flat and blew up a, a running back receiving a pass and, uh, you know, knocked the ball away from him. He can do that or he can punch the ball out. Like we said, he, he has, you know, interception in the first game of the season. Uh, you know, he, he can do it in, in a multitude of ways and, uh, you know, definitely appreciate him. Uh, wanting to stick around in Baltimore. Absolutely. It's it's great to see, uh, you know, everybody can feel comfortable in their number four jersey, or number 44, rather, uh, jersey acquisitions. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's good. And and honestly, that's, that's a pretty important thing for people as they yeah. buy jerseys. It's nice to know, guys, that not only will be there long-term, but, you know, will seemingly just be Ravens, you know? Yeah. So even after they leave, you can still wear the Jersey and, and be proud. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, before last season, I bought myself a Mandrews Jersey. We'll talk about him a little bit. And I bought my wife a Marlon Humphrey Jersey. So it's nice, nice to at least know that I have picked correctly on one of them. Well and, done. Uh, well yes. done. As every good husband should Mm-hmm. Great, great job picking the jersey. It was a surprise for her. Um, she didn't know she was getting a jersey. I'm not sure that <laughs> it has changed her life in any way. <laughs> but she does wear it on Sundays and Mondays, and that's that's nice of her to do that. That's, that's um, the most important thing. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, who are the next guys for the Ravens looking at extensions here? We're looking at Ronnie Stanley. Yeah. What are we going to do with Matthew Judon? Um well, I'll be you honest know, with you. At this point, Matthew Judon's going free agent, and I say, see ya. I mean, if we've got to choose, especially between those two guys, um, it's it's definitely Ronnie Stanley. But uh, you think of that 
massive contract that that Tunsil just signed. And, you know, let's face it, Ronnie Stanley is way better than Tunsil. Think about, yes. you know, draft draft decisions that were made. You know, not that Tunsil's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but Stanley's better. Mm-hmm. And you just got to wonder if the Ravens are going to be able to fit some of these guys under the cap. It's going to get real, uh, real tight real quick. Yeah, it's going to get dicey, and we're going to end up seeing some guys not on this team anymore, and it's going to be really sad. But, I mean, I guess that's the cost of drafting well. Um, it is. And, you yeah, know, and, and that's, it a, that's a shame. That's how it works out. Um, but, you know, that's just part of part of being in this league, I guess. You know, yeah. there's there's going to be really tough decisions coming up. And, um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm at least glad that they kept Marlon around. Absolutely. I think they made right. the right choice. If they're going to if they're going to pick some of the, you know, younger defenders. Now, granted, uh, the only one out there I can think of right now would be Judah. You know, as yeah. far as guys that we need to worry about signing. But, you know, if but that said, if you're going to choose even, you know, between Humphrey and Judon, that's they definitely made the right decision to, to drop big money on Humphrey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Judon's Judon's hard to I, I have a hard time letting him go, too. But we, we I know he's your that. boy. He's your yeah. boy. We, yeah, but, we can get into that in the game in the game review here. So sure, let's just jump right sure. into it. Um, Ravens got got uh, beat pretty good uh, by by the Chiefs. You know they were able to cut it to seven in the second half, but never really got the sense that uh, the pressure was really on the Chiefs. No. Um, yeah, that not, was a, it was a stronger fourteen points than it even looked. You know, yeah. It just seemed like, you know, and, and since we're talking about the defense uh, and defensive guys anyway, let's just start on that side. Yeah, we'll start on the defense. It just seems, it just seemed like, you know, if they were going to play in perpetuity, like if it, if, if it was like a 16-quarter game instead of just four, no matter how many times the Ravens scored, like the key, the Chiefs were going to be able to respond uh, yeah. on, on, on Monday. And that's just how it was. They had um, solutions for the blitz. Um, they had solutions for when we didn't blitz. We, they had some unbelievable screens. Um, Andy Eric Reed and Fisher's Eric, t- catching touchdowns. Well, I mean, look, it, they have all these ridiculous weapons. They have Pat Mahomes that ran for a touchdown. The last guys you're going to be thinking about about guarding are the fullback and the left tackle. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it, it it was just a masterful game plan and and game execution by the offensive staff and by the players. I mean, they did pretty much anything they wanted to. They weren't yeah. particularly efficient on the ground, which was good to see that that the Ravens were able to plug that up at least a little bit. But I mean, through the air, they just had our number. Yeah, I mean, there was always going to be somebody open, and Mahomes found them when they were that's no question Um, yeah and 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 it comes down to you know the chargers kind of showed the formula is you know if you can get pressure with four and drop the other seven guys in the coverage 
it's going to be tough for the Chiefs. And, you know, we just don't have Joey Bosa and no. and um, Melvin Ingram. We, we don't have those guys. And that's where I kind of want to bring in Judon is because when you look at the percentage of times where he generates a, pr- a quarterback pressure or a quarterback hit or a quarterback sack, I think so far this year it's in the top 10 of the league of, of individual players. It's just that, one, he doesn't do it as often as other pass rushers, so you don't see that you know down-after-down down impact. And it just doesn't, like on Monday, it didn't seem to make that big of a difference if he was creating a pressure or not. So yeah. that's where I kind of have a, <laughs> I really have a tough time thinking about extending Judon and things like that because he does make an impact in that way of causing pressure. But like the making an impact as far as like making things happen uh, positively for the defense is not as evident, I guess. Yeah, I, I would. I think that's a good that's a good thought. I mean, I, I think what it comes down to is Judon is your second pass rusher. You know, he's the guy that cleans up the scraps when your Bosa's of the world get get stopped somehow. You know, or they've got to add extra blockers to that guy, and that frees up Judon. And man, I'm not trying to crap on Judon in any way. He's a good football player, and he's a good linebacker and pass rusher. But what the Ravens don't have is that Joey Bosa type guy, or Nick Bosa, or wherever you want to go. Massive, productive pass rushing, either defensive end or outside linebacker that every play has to be accounted for. The -hmm. Ravens don't have that. And I I really do believe, now I'm not trying to say the season's over by any stretch, but I will say this. I don't think you're going to see the Ravens defense be able to handle a player such as Mahomes on his best day without that player. It's just not going to happen. There's no way we could have gone into that Monday night game with Pat Mahomes on the top. Patrick, excuse me, his mom's going to. Yeah, I know. So Patrick Mahomes, you know, he is out of this world. It's rare that he starts slow. You've got to, but you've got to have that massive defensive end production or really just pass rush production. To make that happen, and, and you just can't scheme that up. You know, as, as great as, you know, Martindale is on of scheming up that kind of pass rush, or, or just pass rush in general, rather, it, you can't create that dominant guy that, that I think would really be what disrupts that kind of an offense. Yeah, and I, I think you led into a really good point there is that generating the pass rush, and I mean that by blitzing and having very aggressive blitzes, is is Martindale's calling card, right? And Mahomes picked it apart. They had no, mm-hmm. almost no issues because they, he, he is very good at able, being able to find the hot route, I guess, um, when he sees pressure coming. You know, he's able to make a very quick adjustment. Um, his wide receivers came out, um, I think, 
man, I can't remember which wideout that it was that said, like, yeah, we just ran to where there was no defender and he was able to find us. And it's it's that simple. And then they have mm-hmm. amazing run after the catch ability because of not just their speed, but, you know, because, you know, the, the Ravens defensive backs were consistently playing so far off of the receivers, which, you know, I didn't really love that approach either. But, you know, it all it all plays together in the fact that when the blit when you blitz and you don't get home Mahomes is going to make you pay either by extending the play which he did a couple times or by finding the hot route on a quick route uh in which he gives his receivers the ability to uh either just make the catch and run or to you know just get a quick first down and you know just keep the drive going and you really saw that, especially on third down. You know, it's such a cliche. You got to get off the field. Like third down is the most important down. They were what ten of thirteen converting yeah. third downs, and a lot of them were like third and longs. And you yeah. know that is so exasperating, so frustrating for the defense, for the coaches, for anybody watching. Yeah. And um, it just didn't seem like the right scheme or the right approach to try to slow these guys down. Yeah, and there there was that's a little disappointing. Off. Yeah, it, it was. Um, you know, I mean, I, you got a feel for a guy like Tyus Bowser, who had who had Mahomes wrapped up maybe twice and wasn't able to finish the play for the sack. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, just, you know, I, I think you, you were saying before we started recording, I mean, here's here's Big Ben in another form again that we've got to figure out how to stop in the mm-hmm. pocket. And, uh, I mean, and that's a, thankfully it's not just our problem. It's a league wide problem, but it's definitely a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, it, it's it, say something nice about the Ravens defense. I think Tyus Bowser played really well again. He did. Um, you know, that's he three did, straight absolutely. games. Um, He's going to you know, get us a nice about, uh, compensatory draft pick, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. We talk about young Ravens defenders looking for a contract. I think Bowser is probably going to get one and may not be with the Ravens. But he was good again. Uh, he did get that pressure. Um, he and Judon got called for that offsides penalty, which was really close. Um, you know, there's been a lot of people arguing that they weren't really offsides. I think they that they really? were. Really? Very... It's funny. I thought they were way offsides. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I thought they were offsides as well. But, uh, you know, when you get a jump that good, you know, you're going to you're going to yeah. raise some it, eyebrows. Exactly. A little too quick off the line, <laughs> but I'm surprised anyone saying that probably shouldn't have been onside. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, and and I don't I don't know if you have anything else to add about the defense, but the formula that we've we've become accustomed to of the the complementary football of you know, the Ravens' offense hangs onto the ball for a long time, and then the defense just gets to hang out. They can pin their ears back for three plays and then give it back to the offense. That got reversed a little bit. Um, it did. The defense was gassed at the end of the first half, and you can kind of just tell there was no pressure even when they blitzed. They were chasing receivers around for, you know, long plays as, as Mahomes extended plays. And um, you just, just can't – you can't expect yeah. them to go out, get tired, and make plays against that offense. Exactly. You know, you need, There's only so much rotation you can do. Right. Guys get pretty tired pretty quick. Right. I mean, like, I think it was like the third or fourth defensive drive, and, and Calais Campbell was like dripping sweat, Absolutely exhausted. Gassed. 
gassed and you just saw it and it was like well yeah i mean that's probably how every single one of these guys are are feeling right now Uh, yeah not just anything against calais campbell they were just getting hammered yeah you know yeah for sure um you know the the last thing i would say about the defense is just that just comparing this year to last year now certainly our defense was a much more of a 911 situation at certain points last year but you think about how much change happened during the season whether it be peters or all the guys off the street we got because of the injuries and everything else i guess the one thing that that you know uh, gives me some some hope just outside of general improvement and everything else and we're playing the chiefs you know but but that said, even the first two weeks, I would say that, you know, we weren't really seeing a dominant pass rush performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really think we're going to see DaCosta go out and make at least one move for a pass rusher at some point. May not be this week, may not be next week, but, but certainly if we continue to see that lacking... I, I certainly see him making that move. Yeah, for sure. I think that'll also include some more snaps for Tyus Bowser. Um, I think you're right about making a move. I'm not sure who it is at this point. Um, yeah, I'm not sure either. You know, Terrell Suggs is still waiting out there in free agency. He always bring him. Back. I love, I love <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to, not trying to, you know, crap on him, but you know, that's that's not who we need at this point. At the end of last year, sure. That mm-hmm. would have been a fun, fun thing to have him back and, you know, see, you know, I don't know if he would have made, made much of a difference against the Titans, but, um, well, he might have, I guess he, you know, thinking about how well he sets the edge and everything else. I mean, he, he might have, but, um, you know, we really need somebody like, <sighs> is it Ngakwe, the guy from, mm-hmm. I know he got traded already, but somebody yeah. like that. You know, um, right. I don't and like a disgruntled, exactly. a disgruntled young pass rusher. Who yeah, I don't know who that is, but you know, we need to find another the Marcus Peters of the you know defensive end world. Right, right. Um, and then I, I guess I'll add one more thing uh, before we flip it over, and uh, I, I guess it'll it'll kind of feed into talking about the offense. What we called uh, as far as last week about the misdirection. Um, that the Chiefs were going to pull off, whether it was Tyreek Hill in motion, Travis Kelsey in motion, whatever it was going to be, they're going to pull all the stops um, to confuse young defenders like Patrick yeah. Queen and Deshaun Elliott, and they mm-hmm. did exactly that. You know, they were absolutely. I think I think Queen had a pretty rough night. Uh, he you did. Know, they he showed did. several several replays in which uh, he was pretty far out of position based on where the play ended up going. And I know that, you know, it's hard to judge like that, but you know, he was out of position and, and for a young defensive player, like no matter where you get drafted, you, there's always going to be one game or, you know, stretching mm-hmm. games where it's like, all right, you know, this is the real NFL. And, um, you know, that, that hopefully was this game and, you know, there's yeah. a lot to build on from here for him. But I did want to talk about what the Chiefs do with their motion, uh, whether it's bringing like Tyreek Hill into the backfield, you know, causing the Ravens defense or any defense 
to to show their hand. So a, a receiver or a tight end or a fullback, whoever it is, going into motion at least will tell an offense if the defense is in man-to-man or in zone. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody follows the guy that's in motion, then you know it's man-to-man. And if nobody moves on the defensive side, then you know they're in zone, right? That's what it does at a minimum. The Chiefs not only do that, but they use motion to create confusion before the snap. And if a defender is in a position in which he has to think, then he will be a step slower. He will, you know, and and that's all an, an offense needs in the NFL. One step and that's all you need. You, if, if you make them think before the snap, instead of just being able to see what happens in front of you and react, that is a massive advantage. And they're able to use misdirection to not only identify what the defense is trying to do, but also create that misdirection and that confusion. And that's part of what makes them so good. So I just, you know, it, maybe shifting over to the offense now, I wish that the Ravens offense would get a little bit more creative with that motion. And they do a lot with the fullback and with the tight ends in the running game. I just wish that it would also translate into the passing game like the Chiefs do. You know, that, first off, great analysis. But secondly, Thanks, man. Appreciate um, that. Secondly, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it would be, you know, and, you know, we were talking this a little bit both. Um, I, I don't know if we mentioned it as much last week, but. Certainly, Devin Duvernay. You know, we can start there. Here's some bright spots of oh yeah of the day. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. you've got his kickoff return was electric, oh, but yeah. I still think. I mean, we we've got to get this guy involved in the offense. And certainly, it sounds like based off some of the um, some of the reporting this week that you know that's that's gonna be in the Ravens' plans moving forward because he's. He's showing that he's he's pretty much ready to roll, um, and have I mean, and that's what a perfect thing for him as far as lining up in the backfield and all the different motion, you know, you can do with him or Hollywood mm-hmm. or what have you. You know, I think it also helps. I mean, not to go back to the Chiefs' offense, but I mean, their weapons are so stupid. I mean, yeah, the fact I mean, they've got basically four, I think, four wide receivers that. Mm-hmm are all blazing fast and are basic, you know, I mean, obviously Hill's their number one, but the other three are like two, one B maybe. Yeah. You know? I mean, they're, they're all really good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and then you've got Kelsey on top of it all. I mean, and that's, and we're not even going to talk about running back. So, you know, they're able to do all that motion and all their pre-snap stuff with the confusion of the you know to confuse the defense while also having <laughs> it's like pick your poison you know mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. really amazing so you know that's all the more reason why to your point you know moving our receivers around that are electric the Hollywoods the Duvernays to make sure that we've got you know giving them that extra boost to get them open it is so important so you got to hope that. Maybe uh, Harbaugh went over to Roman after the game and said, "Okay, we need to work on add some of this stuff to our passing game." For sure, and you know, if your complaint is that you like not you specifically, but like if the complaint is that the wide receivers aren't getting separation, then help them get separation. Yeah, like do things like that with the motion that 
Right, right. Scheme up the separation for them, you know, because you can do that. There's ways that you can do that. And it's just like things like using the motion, just like just like we mentioned. The other thing is. Don't pass the ball, run the ball. Yeah. Look at that first drive. Yeah. Outside of the end of the drive. I just it was just shades of that Titans game where where there was panic on the offensive yeah. side of the ball and, and the play calling itself and it just seemed like frantic like nobody it nobody did. was acting like it was like a normal situation you know just cuz you get down by 3 because you get down by 10 whatever like every like it just reminded me remember uh back in Lamar's rookie year all the way back then where he had those quote-unquote fumble issues, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like he was trying to do too much, um, like move too fast, and it's because like the game is just very fast and you have a lot to do. It it seemed like everybody had that a little bit of that, like a little bit of frenetic, yeah. like trying to like try, just doing too much and not being the really good football players that they are, like you know being intimidated by oh, like, look at what the Kansas City offense is doing. Like, we have to get up to that and, like, do that. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Stay true to who you are. Up the middle, because that was working. Right. Right. Know who you are. Put, like, you know, put make the defense put their big boy pants on and, yeah. you know, knock them yeah. off the line of scrimmage like you were doing. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be frenetic like that. It just felt like everybody was extremely stressed out trying to make plays where yeah. it, like, it just wasn't the case on offense in week one where, you know, you kind of just very comfortably, you know, go through your offense, go through your progressions. You know, it, I, I think Lamar ran into a couple more sacks this week, which is two weeks in a row that he's done that. Yeah. It's, um, you know, not the game that you would expect out of Lamar. Um, you know, he did have the terrific run down the sideline on that first drive, which is great to see him finally break one a little bit. But just know who you are and, and, and yeah, run the run the ball, man. Like they, they showed already that they can't stop that. You know, um, another just, thing that, you know, that I just to your point about running the ball, you know, one thing I think they need to do a little bit less of while running the ball is the rotation. I mean, if it, they need to feed the hot hand, I think a little bit more, whether that be Gus Edwards, whether that be Mark Ingram, whether that be J.K. Dobbins, I think while the rotation is good to keep some of these guys fresh, certainly, I think you're losing the the consistency, you know, some of that some of that flow when they keep moving these guys off and on. Now, maybe. Uh, maybe you keep that rotation, but give someone an entire drive, you mm-hmm. know, unless unless it suddenly gets, you know, third and long or something like that. But, you know, I, I think they need to start doing that because, you know, you'd have, a you know, one series where, you know, Mark Ingram would carry the ball two times, Gus Edwards would get one and, you know, or what have you. But, I mean, it's like, let's just keep feeding whoever is hot and uh, – I don't know. Is that is that off base or or do you like the rotation as it's as it's been? 
I kind of, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, and I like that because look at what Gus Edwards was able to do on consecutive yeah. carries in the game. He was gashing them, and like, you, you like, you get up and you get up after getting run over by Gus Edwards, and then the next play, he's eight yards down the field coming right at you again. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, like, do you really want to sit there and get run over again? No. <laughs> exactly. Know, he, was running, he was running so effectively. He was obviously seeing the field very well and um you know i i do i do like that idea just like let them let them play you know yeah. It, it, it's yeah i no, i i get you i get you it is it is nice to have a fresh back in the fourth quarter um you know to ice a game but yeah i mean yeah feed the hot hand is what they said they were going to do. But, you know, once somebody gets hot, they get rotated out. It's, it's yeah. what it seems like. They're not like letting anybody get comfortable or get hot, you know. And, yeah. And, and, look, if if they're going to say, look, Mark Ingram's our starter, he's going to get the bulk of the carries, fine. Then keep him on the field a little bit more and get him hot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I just think that that rotation is a little too frequent at this point. Yeah. I mean, I mean honestly – Maybe overreaction of the week. I think Gus Edwards has been the best back through three weeks. He has. I've, no, right? I, I don't think that's an overreaction of the week. I think that's just. I think that's it's just true. reality. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, the guy that we thought. You know, from all my, I think the overreaction was last week when I was saying J.K. Dobbins needs to get the ball more because, to your point last week, no, it's actually it's actually Gus Edwards that needs to get the ball more, and you know, until he proves otherwise. Yeah, I mean he's been really effective. What was he, what did he average like ten yards a carry? Like <laughs> I mean, pretty darn close to it. Yeah, so I mean, feed him. You know, he he's shown that he can be effective in this system. You and know, unfortunately, too, okay. And I'm not to speak over you there. Sorry, I keep doing that. But okay. you know, the other thing about you know, and and I'm not saying this to take away from either Ingram or Dobbins because I think especially with Ingram, he will provide this too. But you know that. <sighs> You think about something, you know, the the aspect of our offensive line that we've lost with Marshall Yonda, that toughness, that, you know. Nastiness. That nastiness that, you know, I don't know that there's, like we pointed out previous weeks, I'm not sure who that guy is now. I mean, maybe Orlando Brown Jr., maybe Stanley, but they both seem like they're pretty nice dudes. Um, You know, and not that, you know, Yonda's not a nice dude, but obviously he played with a chip on his shoulder on the field. You know, I feel like maybe when you've got a guy like Gus Edwards and you really establish that pounding running game, that's where the offensive line will start to get Mm -hmm. that, you know, bully mentality more so than some of the softer plays we might be running right now. I completely agree, and I will refer you back to the end of the Texans game where Orlando Brown Jr. is screaming, run behind me, feed me. That is what I'm talking about. That's exactly what we're talking about here. When you get going on the ground, you have the ability to get nasty. And and that's that. I I really sense Orlando Brown Jr. filling into that role a little bit, and that's awesome to see because he's, like, massive, and it's— yeah, and hopefully we'll be able that. to sign him in a couple of years. I mean, right, that's the other side of it. I mean, to. Yeah, yeah, we're really going to gonna need to. I mean, right, that's why only... uh, Tristan Cologne keeps 
keeps uh you know showing up on our uh practice squad uh keepers because we know Protection we're gonna list. be losing the rest of our interior seriously line at some point. seriously <laughs> seriously oh i have i have an interesting note about that for later too um let's see what was i gonna say here okay um i think it's time to to have a talk about mark andrews and um I hate to do this, but I was pretty disappointed <laughs> along with the rest of Ravens fans yeah. with the way that he Crappy played. Game. Worst uh, game he may have ever had as a Raven. Yeah, that and the Seattle game really stick out. Um, yeah. Do I think he has a big game problem? No, I don't. Um, I think I just I, for him to be a top tight end in this league and to be compared with guys like Travis Kelsey – and George Kittle and Rob Gronkowski and whoever I mean I guess not Rob Gronkowski this so far this year but you know well his, his legacy it's still a valid point yeah he needs to make some of these catches um, you know he had some bad drops you know over the middle whatever but the tu- the the potential touchdown pass that is a pass that a number one tight end needs to come down yeah. with um, because that I believe. Would that have tied? That wouldn't have tied the game, but it, you know, it would have stopped a a, a field goal attempt. Yeah. Um, there was a pass uh, in the in no the matter first what, half. it would have it would have lifted the spirits. Of it would have it would have made a majorly. It, yeah, it would have made a difference. Uh, there was also a pass over the middle um, that was in traffic, but I think it was placed very nicely by Lamar. It was in the first half. It was like a second down in, in our spurt of you know whatever it was 16 straight throws i know that's an over over exaggeration but there was a pass over the middle uh going deep down the seam that also was off andrew's hands Mm -hmm. we talked last week and, and the week before about having closers having those guys on the defensive side of the ball and how marcus peters is that guy who's gonna go out and make a play for you that needs to be also on the offensive side. Absolutely. And of course, Lamar is going to give you some plays uh, with both his legs and his arm. But when he throws the ball and he needs somebody to come down with it, that needs to be Mark Andrews. It needs to be Hollywood Brown, who also mm-hmm. had kind of a tough game. Those he did. Two guys, and you know what? Talking about catches that should have been made, there was that. Now, look, I, I will say this. I've only seen the one angle of the play from TV. So maybe it was farther away than it looked. That said, there was that one deep ball to Hollywood where he had beaten the defender, and it almost looked like he slowed up a step or two before he should have, and probably could have caught the ball. Yes, yeah, it was like it was like kind of an over the shoulder kind of catch. Uh-huh. And we we consistently praise Hollywood Brown for his ability to track the ball. Didn't seem like he did. No. Uh, his, it, it was a usual poor job. fantastic I mean, anything, job. He could he could have dove and caught it. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, look, the fat out of shape guy who has absolutely zero athletic talent shouldn't be telling someone, "Oh, you should have dove there and caught it." But <laughs> looking, looking at that, you know, looking at that back, you know, that's a play that I would I would actually expect Hollywood Brown to make. I was I was surprised that that was the effort put forth. It it's it's a play that you would expect him to make because it's a play that. It seems he's made before. Agree. And, and 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 when I say put forth the effort, I, I'm really not trying to say he dogged it. I was just surprised that 
that it just wasn't made. That was like more. Said, that's just what what you would expect. You know, after that, all the off season, all the hype around Hollywood, quote unquote. Okay, that's that's a Hollywood catch. You got to make that. Yeah, like you got to live up to the, yeah, all the, the, the hype going into yeah, all the hype coming into the season. It's just yeah. like it's just plays that I, I don't want to say should. It, it's just plays that need to be made to be a team like the Chiefs. Exactly um, because you know, but because it should. You, it should is the mm-hmm. right word though because if the Ravens are going to step up and beat the Chiefs, like you said, whether it's Mark Andrews or whether it's Hollywood. Those are plays on offense that have to be made. Lamar made good throws that he's getting dogged about because they couldn't make the catch. Yeah, for sure. And, and you see... Nice touchdown catch over Marcus Peters, who is in really good position. Yep. Like, oh, I mean, that that's just unbelievable, by the way. Right, the right. Throw, but like, I mean, oh, my God. You know, it, it's just... Why can't our guys do that? <laughs> and I'm, oh, yeah. Like they they do, and this is this is a very vacuum situation that I'm that I'm saying that you know just this week they didn't do that. You know, it, it, just in week one, Mark Andrews yeah. had a terrific one-handed catch for Absolutely. touchdown. Absolutely. So it's not as though he has not done it. It's not as though he can't do it. It's just in those moments where you really need it to happen, it needs to happen. And um, yeah. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. I, I'm never ever gonna hop off the Mandrews bandwagon. That that is, you know, if that's where you're you not, guys thought not I was going with this. You're not selling your jersey on eBay. No, no. I, it, you know, if that's where you get guys thought I was going, uh, <laughs> it is not. That will always be my guy. Um, he he and he will bounce back. I, I think this week against Washington, uh, they're gonna they're gonna put forth an effort like the Texans did to stop him, and I don't think it's gonna work because. He's going to be too determined to have a big game after uh, two disappointing ones in a row. Um, other things on the offense. Let's see. Anything else that you wanted to add? I think the pass protection was pretty decent most of the night. Um, an inter- interesting note. Um, Lamar has been sacked 10 times already this year. He got sacked 20 times all of last year. Wow. Uh, kind of a concern, and and I mentioned it earlier that he like kind of ran into a couple of the sacks. He has. Uh, not really sure what to make of this just yet. Is he kind of bailing a little bit too fast? Um, maybe. You know, uh, it's funny. I think some of it's also the play calls. You know, they keep having him like you know run out to the right or to the left or what have you. And he, you know, either receivers aren't open or they're, or he just gets swallowed up pretty quickly, you know, with nowhere to, to scramble to. I think it's, it's almost like, you know, the teams we're playing are starting to figure out how to potentially contain him a little bit, you know, in the pocket. Um, you know, I, certainly with his talent, it's he's going to still be able to break out. But um, I, I think there there maybe I mean, we'll have to obviously watch that. But I mean, that might be that might be something that's happening, you know. But also to your point, I mean, it, it could also just be Lamar trying to do a little bit too much and the receivers not, you know, getting open. And there we go. You know, he's, I mean, and he's got nowhere to run. 
at certain points. But it, you know, it doesn't. It does seem like he might be holding the ball a little bit too long in certain scenarios. Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully he cleans that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also, just a, just a quick thing on the offensive line. Tyree Phillips, haven't really had to talk about him much. Uh, it's really nice to have a rookie step in and not be a major weakness. And, you know, I think that's really a testament to him. Uh, Agreed. Because really, you only hear offensive linemen's names when, when they're doing bad things or getting called for holding penalties and, you know, whatever the, whatever the case might be. But haven't really heard much uh, about him which is definitely a good sign in my mind. Absolutely. You know, it was funny. I was, I was, I guess I would have felt stronger about this had the Ravens won, but that said, I was looking at him and I just kept thinking of Michael Orr. I guess it's just the 74. 74 might do it. Yeah. You know, he's a big boy, you know I mean? He really does look like a tackle uh, playing guard. So um, yeah, he really has been quite good as much as, you know, I was just saying we miss Marshall Yonda a little bit. Um, he's Phillips really has been great. Yeah. Yeah. Solid at worst. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I great probably hyperbole a little bit, but you know, I, he's definitely been starter worthy for a rookie. There's no question. I mean, he is, he deserves that spot and he's, he's the starter, you know? Mm-hmm. Nobody, yep. nobody's asking for Bredesen or Powers to get put in there. That's for sure. Right, right, and and that's that's, you know, honestly, three games in, small sample size. I mean, that's kind of the best metric that I can go by. Is at first I haven't heard or I haven't seen bad things about Phillips, and then second is that nobody's really calling for a change there. So, mm-hmm. you know, two two good signs in a qualitative manner there. Um, the last thing I just want to talk about on the offense, you know, getting a lot of heat about not being able to to come from behind. Um, if I had to ask you, what has a higher win percentage in the history of the NFL, winning the turnover battle or leading at halftime? What, what would you say? Oh, interesting. I would say the turnover battles, but that's an interesting question. Over the course of the history of the NFL, they're almost exactly the same. Wow. Like between 70 and 80%. If you win the turnover battle, you do like 70, 70 to 80% of the games you'll win. If you're winning at halftime, 70 to 80% of the games you win. Wow. So one, I guess the trick is to not be behind at halftime. Two, the trick <laughs> is to not be down by multiple scores at halftime. Yeah. And then three, the Ravens brought it back to a one-possession game. They scored 10 unanswered to start the second half. And I'm not sure that that's a, that's a condemnation of the, of the offense if they can't come all the way back. It's kind of on the defense to get a stop too, right? I mean, Absolutely. You know, so, so the narrative about the Ravens not being able to come from behind is that, you know, one, it doesn't happen very often. And then two, when it has happened, it's been to the Chiefs and it's been by two or three scores each time. Yeah. And, you know, that's just extremely difficult to do. Then it's, you know, going to lead to three losses to the Chiefs. So, all in all, you know, the sky is not falling in Baltimore. No, this is the still sky's a really not good falling. football team. We've been, we've been pretty negative. Football sucks. 
Nobody likes Monday Night Football. We had to wait all weekend to watch a shit show. To watch that, no, yeah. I, I mean, it, let's face it. I mean, it, it, it just sucked overall. Let's put it aside and bring on, bring on the Washington football team. Yeah, and let's just re- jump right into it. Oh, maybe real quick, game ball, Devin DuVernay, right? Um, sure. First career DuVernay. touchdown. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. usually we don't do the um, do the segments after a loss, but I think he deserves it. Um, that was a really nice return. But speaking of returns, the Ravens return to action on Sunday, a short trip down the road to Landover to take on the Washington football team. Who That awful stadium that is FedEx Field. Let me just say real quick, this is a total sidebar conversation, but the first and last time I ever will go to FedEx Field, I went there last summer for a game. Arsenal played Real Madrid, big, you know, soccer Mm -hmm. matchup. Um, It was great. It was cool. I'm an Arsenal fan for those out there. Um, that's that, tough. That actually like tough these the Premier League. If it, it, well, yes and no. I mean, there's there's some positives, but we don't we don't need to talk about that. But <laughs> but anyway, I had the worst food poisoning I oh boy. ever had from FedEx Field, and I mean, honestly, I almost went to the hospital the next day. That's oh how boy. bad it was. So oh do not fans out there. Oh, I guess fans aren't going anyway, but. If you ever go to FedEx Field from this point forward, if they ever open stadiums again for fans, do not eat the food at FedEx Field. Let me just say that now. I would even say to the Ravens, if there is any sort of post-game, pre-game spread, whatever might be out there, run. Run and just go to the bus. Yeah, just, just have lunch packed. Yeah, just have it, have it packed. So I'm sorry, yeah, that's nice my random sandwich. sidebar about the awfulness of FedEx Field. Yeah, speaking of awful, I think the team that they have right now is is uh, pretty close to that. Um, they have not looked good since winning their their season opener against the Eagles. Um, ton of turnovers. Uh, their defensive line is good, but their offensive line and and the rest of that defense maybe not so much. Uh, looks like you're Chase not Young, you're not on the Haskins bandwagon. You know, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I've 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 been out on Haskins ever since he spurned Maryland and went to Ohio State. Ooh. Um, so yeah, I didn't really appreciate that. But um, let's see. Yeah, they're just not a good football team. I think this is a really good bounce back spot for the Ravens. It's a nice. I would uh, hope so. Nice way that the that the league has built the schedule for them. Um, I do expect the team to bounce back in a very, very strong manner. Both sides of the ball. The special teams could even have a big play. Oh, we didn't mention James Prochet. He had a really nice return, too. So no, good for you're him. right about that. Yeah. The, the special so, teams overall, let's be real, because, you know, I, I think Cook had a good game. And, yeah. of course, Tucker is Tucker. Um, yes. Oh, he kicked Harrison Bucker's butt too. Big time. That was great. Big yeah, they were talking about great, like best kickers in the league, and and Tucker wiped the floor with them. Oh, uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, what a screw that, that matchup. Screw Butker. He's you know yeah. he's he's awful. I mean, for a guy that was being talked up as like the best kicker ever, he was not good on Monday Dude. night at all. 
Yeah, he he like really felt the pressure being across the sideline from from Tucker, I knowing think he did. knowing that knowing Tucker the was goat is, is across the across the uh, across the way. Right. He really got a little yeah, nervous. Just felt his eyes. Yeah. yeah. So he heard he heard Tucker notes, right? singing opera every time he was trying to kick and you know distract. Yeah, just yeah, just yanked his kicks. But yeah, okay, a couple more positives there. So we're we're being pretty positive, not too negative, right? Yeah, yeah. not too. Um, yeah. Question so, about mean, next week. So, question with sure. the Redskins. Do we know if Chase Young is going to play yet? Washington that... football team. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. How Washington could you? Football team. I know. I'm sorry. Looks like he's going to be out. Uh, he he, he will be an issue. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, okay. Because that's actually me... huge. I mean, not that, yeah. not that I think that Washington will win, but if there were any player on that team that I would think consistently could give us problems, it would certainly be Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's he's been terrific while he's while he's been able to be on the field. Um, it looks like that groin injury is gonna keep him out uh, against the Ravens, but they also have guys like Ryan Kerrigan on the other side yep. who's veteran. You know, that's a guy that maybe yeah. the Ravens look into. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it's a obviously maybe I shouldn't say obviously, but it's a winnable game. Uh, the Ravens Very. should win. The Ravens should win by a lot. Um, I think that they will really challenge the Washington football team with uh, the ground game and really get back to their DNA. I think Roman's going to get, uh, you know, tighten things up a little bit in his play calling. They're going to get Devin DuVernay involved, whether it's the quick hitting passes or getting him into the slot and into some space and letting him use that speed. I think Mark Andrews will crush their safeties and their linebackers, whoever they decide to put on them. Um, the offense is going to get back on track. I think they're going to put up more than 30 points, and I think the defense is going to be hungry. They're going to be upset. They're going to be uh, hunting for the ball as long as Dwayne Haskins is putting it up in the air, which I expect that they'll have to do by, uh, you know, being behind by a couple scores in the first half. What, what do you What are you looking for? Um, maybe a little bit more specific than what I said uh, for. Well, you know, I I think I'd like to see. As you said, DeVernay get involved. I, and I don't want to see it just be screen passes, you know, or these end arounds or, you know, gadget plays. I want to see him, let's try some crossing patterns. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's try some things that are a little different that we're not seeing a whole lot of. Um, you know, the other side of things, um, darn it, I just lost my train of thought. Let me see if I can come back up to it. Um, oh, I, you know, on, on a side, you know, lower, lower on the totem pole, I, I want to see the Ravens offense play so well that the last quarter can be RG3 because I think that would be nice. Little no, poetic, dude, don't get him, don't get him on for, that field. Man, that that field is such a disaster. Like the actual like the actual playing surface. Absolutely. Like, I, it's such a disaster. I don't, I'm not sure if I want to risk him going out there. Just keep just keep McSorley active this week. I think we're gonna have to. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we're both looking for the same thing. I think it's gonna be a, a pretty handy defeat that the Ravens hand to the to the football team. Um, let's see. You want you want to give us a score prediction? I mean, let me see if Ooh. I can look up the Vegas line real quick. And I have a I have a Washington question for you after we come up with scores, but sure. Um, let's see, what do I do? Have you seen seen the line yet? Do you have it yet? 
Yeah, it is. Oh, man, the page is still loading. All right, so the Ravens are favored by 13, and okay. the total is 47. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to say Ravens 38, Washington to 10. Yeah, that's fair. I was just going to say like 35 to 10, 35 to 9, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a blowout. I, I think we're going to see some of the backups get, get some reps. Maybe, hopefully, it'll be like a Dobbins game late where he can yeah. close out and get several carries in the fourth quarter. Um, maybe get Averett some some snaps outside. I, I Well, the threat that the, that the – that the Washington football team does have is Terry McLaurin. I think he's a really good wide receiver, but, um, you know, just not much else on that offense. And, you know, that kind of plays into our strengths with Humphrey Peters and uh, Jimmy Smith out there. So, you know, nothing really that the Washington football team has me worried about. What was your Washington related? So this is random. I mean, look, we're not, we're not obviously Washington football fans here, but it, it's certainly intriguing anytime you have a team changing names, which is a cer- certainly is something I think we can all say is well overdue for that team. But is there any name out there that you've heard that you think would be better than others? Yeah, I, I kind of got behind the Red Wolves movement. Um, really? I saw somebody, okay. I, I saw somebody put out like the mocks of what the what the just some fan creations of what the uniforms might look like. And it was really similar to uh, Arizona state and those kind of gold and, and uh, oh man, what is that? What is that? They call scarlet, I guess. Okay. Is that, is that, is that the colors that the, that the burgundy, sorry, that it's burgundy burgundy and gold. gold, Yeah. 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 So a burgundy and gold version of, uh, of like the Arizona state uniforms. I think, I think the red wolves was, was pretty decent. What, what did you have in mind? I actually like red tails. I, I okay. like the, I like, well, I mean, number one, I think they have to try to, you know, to try to keep as much of the tradition as possible mm-hmm. as far as like the, the fight song and stuff like that. I mean, you think about that fight song is like fairly iconic. I mean, I even yeah. know that fight song and I hate the red or excuse me, the Washington football team. So, you know, I just look at that. You could easily change, take out red skin for red tails and change a couple other words to, you know, make it like an airplane, fly, you know, or whatever. And it still fits. And it would fit pretty well. You know, hmm. hail to the red tails, hail victory and all the, you know, fight on fight. I mean, all that. I mean, Interesting. You know, yeah, it, I didn't think it, about it like that. Yeah. It, it, so, I mean, that's, I think, some, now I'd be surprised if they didn't think about that, but I just don't see how you could put Red Wolves into that and make it work. Um, if they really want to write a whole new fight song, then I guess have at it. But I mean, one of the things as a, as a Baltimore fan that I wish everybody got into more is the fight song we've got a freaking band at the game every every <laughs> time playing the freaking fight song can anyone sing it i'll be honest i don't know what it is i don't know what it is and i like that kind of shit so i mean i <laughs> and believe me i've tried but i it, nobody else cares 
You know, it's like, <laughs> um, no, maybe it's just, hey, that's a generational thing and whatever, but, you know, that's never going to come back, but it's a shame. I think that's, that's a cool thing that, you know, I think Baltimore fans of this day and age have missed not having the Colts, some of that, some of that old school tradition. Um, so I, I don't know. That's one of the few things about the, about the Washington team that I have, I guess you could say I've been jealous of, you know, when I'm out at, you know, watching games with my buddies and, you know, they score and they all, okay, bop, 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 and they all, you know, <laughs> start singing the song together and stuff. I mean, I don't know, call me, call me silly, but I, I that's kind of fun, you know? Um, so I, I do wish that the Ravens and look, they, and it's really not the Ravens, it's Ravens fans. Cause the Ravens certainly do all they can to, you know, make it a thing, mm-hmm. but you know, nobody else seems to care. I mean, everybody's just going to the bathroom and getting a beer while the marching band is playing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think as, I mean, it's still a fairly young franchise to oh, 25th year this year, you know? I think there'll be some things that emerge. Um, and I think, you know, in, in the age of, you know, as soon as the game, as soon as the play is over, you check your phone and, and things yeah. like that. I'm not sure that that kind of stuff is going to hang, is going to catch on, but you know, you never know. You never know what's going to catch on. And uh, I mean, it's almost like our, our, our fight song now is that uh, song by the white stripes, you know, mm-hmm. um, Along with pretty much every other college and every NFL other team, team and, and the and, Orioles yeah. and you know, it's like, right, right, you know, but Seriously. you know. Anyway, just I, I I find that interesting. I mean, you know, I I I do. I'm gonna say this. I do wish that Modell had been able to buy the Colts name back. I mean, just because that would have, I think, healed a lot of wounds and stuff for all those reasons. But you know, I guess the past is the past, and it is what it is. Um, one of the, one of the few things that I I respect of the Washington football team. Yeah, that's interesting. I I I can tell you that I'd never really given it that much thought, but yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up. Just like the general tradition of, of a franchise, and yeah, I mean it is cool. I I think the Ravens' tradition is just really good defense, and that's pretty Absolutely. cool too. It is. <laughs> not, let's face it. There's nothing wrong with the tradition that the Ravens now have. They're a fantastic mm-hmm. team. They've had a fantastic 20-plus years now um, as as a team here, and they're almost 25 years as uh, the, the, the team for Baltimore. I mean, as much as I love the Orioles, I mean, it's been – this has been the Ravens' world for the last 20 years at least, certainly mm-hmm. since 2000. Yep. Yep, I agree. So, all in all, bad things happen on Monday. They are not the end of the world. The Ravens are still going to be Super Bowl contenders. They will get back on top uh, this week as we travel down to Landover to take on the Washington football team. They will win big. Anything else you want to add, or do you just want to sign us off, get us going here? I think I'll just sign us off. You know, guys, it's time to hail to the Ravens. Hail victory. Let's go down to Washington and get another win. Say it with me. 